Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This, this, this is an Intel Studios production. Hello, everybody. Uh, it's me, Michael Douglas. And me, Davina. <laughs> From Making the Cut. It's quite weird because we're in different locations and we haven't done this since lockdown, really, where we've recorded remotely. No, um, and you're... it's quite um, hard to do this because, well, firstly, because I don't think the sound quality is quite as good as it normally is, which, no. which is difficult. Mm. But it's quite funny because you're in Dundee. I am. And yeah. I'm in Oxford. I know. So we're miles away from each other. How has this happened? I mean, how's it happened? Um, it, it's it's weird. Uh, I was. It's slightly nostalgic though because we used to do this every week during lockdown. Lockdown's like a weird dream we had. It's very strange. So it was my. Uh, it was my. It was the highlight of my week because I could kind of see mm. you and have unadulterated you time for 45 minutes which we would not do on the phone or FaceTime we'd like often FaceTime for a bit and then kind of hang up but like I'd have your attention for 45 minutes which was great no I like the word this is nice I like the word unadulterated as well Mm. I wonder wonder where that comes from because it's like unadult rated I wonder if it's something to do with childish behavior or something you know and you think unadulterated we can look up the meaning of it yeah what about adulterated i wonder what that is i know sorry he's just spent spent my brain off into a little whirlwind there well Um, before we started recording your brain was already off in a whirlwind do you want to tell everybody what was going on there well i will because it'll start me off on on a recommendation actually because i was just as i was waiting for you to join this call i was looking at instagram as you do you know like when you've got three minutes to spare and you think yes yes let's quickly look (laughs) something might have happened (laughs) let's have a quick scroll and i follow this guy called john call cordwell i think he's called Call a C A U L D, yeah, W E double L called C A U D. There's no L in it. Cordwell. No. No. Okay. So he was the guy who owned. Okay. No D. Uh, L before no the L, D. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. Sorry, so, I didn't know. That. So he was the guy who's who who owned phones for you, and um and then he sold it. And now I don't know how much he sold it for, but I believe it was a over a over a billion pounds. And I think somebody said to me the other day that he's he's been he became the biggest taxpayer in Britain in British history or something. He paid more tax in one year than anyone's ever paid in the history of tax, mm. which mm. is great, right? Congratulations. What, what I would like to do is and change. Thank the you. Yes, exactly right. And the fact that he's quite proud of that and then announces that I think is good because I mm. think to draw in more tax, all you need to do is convince people that it would be a measurement of success to somehow say, I paid the most tax. I paid more tax than anybody. Beat that. 
because the Beatles screwed it all up really when they started making they they were they found this accountant in the 60s who who then made it cool to pay less tax and it was mm. spurred on by the Beatles because they were like wow we found this guy who does this and then because they were so cool so but I until think that have, point people were pleased to pay their tax I believe they were yeah I watched a really interesting documentary called the super rich and us it was called and it was a BBC one mm. thing can't remember the mm. the presenter but he did a fantastic job and it was about how people became proud and almost kind of flew a flag for paying as little tax as possible be nice to change that Mm. anyway john Mm. cordwell seems to be doing a good job anyway i've started following him just because i was fascinated by that fact and then it's quite interesting seeing what he gets up to so he describes himself as a a philanthropist and then it says phones for you founder entrepreneur and then um you know he's got various charities and things like that obviously he has the absolute life of riley so his instagram posts are quite funny because he lives in monaco and he has obviously lovely holidays and all that oh hang on a minute yeah. If he lives in Monaco, he's not paying any tax. Oh, well, m- maybe he, he paid a bunch of tax. I mean, I, I'm I'm repeating what somebody told me about him. So let's just make okay. that clear. So okay. that could possibly not be true. Or, or he just paid all his tax in one go once he got yeah. all his money and then moved to Monaco. Who knows? But my mate said, oh, yeah, he's the biggest taxpayer in Britain. I was like, good on him. Anyway, he's just posted something about uh, university and it says university is not the only route to success and riches. And then he's done a little post about how, you know, there's no real, there doesn't seem to be like the old school apprenticeships that he did. He did an engineering engineering apprenticeship. I did an apprenticeship. My brother did an apprenticeship. Like it's quite difficult to find these apprenticeships that used to be 10 a penny in the 80s because everybody's Mm. been funneled through the system of going to university and um, I decided to post a comment on on his post just to say thank you this is a great post because of course university is deeply important for all sorts of careers but if everybody goes well it doesn't suit some people I didn't go to university no I didn't and I was I'm very happy Mm. about it as well and Mm. um, I, I can see my kids both being funneled into university through school and I don't see a, a huge amount of options of them to do anything else because it seems to me a, a measurement of the school's ability uh, to perform is how many people they get into good universities rather than anything else, which made me think of something I'm watching at the moment. So I'm watching an Adam Curtis documentary at the moment called The Trap. Now, I have seen this before and I've probably mentioned it before, but I don't think I've recommended it directly. But The Trap is um, a, a kind of look at a system that was invented during the Cold War called game theory and how that theory uh, was then applied to um, consumerism and individualism and citizens to develop the kind of world that we live in now, which is a a world that's governed by maths, essentially, and numbers and statistics. Can I just stop you there? Yes. Because you've seen so many Adam Curtis documentaries that your language has become Adam Curtis-sized, and you need to simplify your language... Yes. Um, to explain to us what commercialism, individualism, da 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 da, da yeah. like make it easier. Okay. So prior to about the 1950s, most yes. people worked as collective groups. Lots of family groups lived together. And if you think about like old Yeah, and grannies lived and with, stuff like that. you know, yeah, yeah. Everybody yes. lived together in a house. And people largely would sacrifice their own desires and and wants and needs for the greater good of the community of either the street you lived in or the town you lived in yes. or, you know, yes. the country you lived in. Like, think about the war yes. effort. Everybody came Patriotism. together and did that. Yes, all that kind of stuff. So it was 
collectivism, I guess they'd called that there. And then after about the 1950s, they started to build these uh, funny little communities outside of the cities and people would go and live outside in these funny little communities. And marketing and, and consumerism created this idea that you could have the things that you specifically wanted and that didn't have to be- Not the whole village. About. No. Yeah, you could be have something really different. Mm. And then back in the days uh, of, let's say, the 1920s, if you were cold, you went and bought a coat and that coat kept you warm. So you bought a coat because you needed a coat. Um, whereas after about the 1950s, you started to be able to buy things, not because you needed them, but because you wanted them. And they expressed a certain type of personality in you. So a car wasn't to get you from A to B anymore. A car was a symbol status or a status of, of um symbol of your status and your an expression of who you were and your personality yes and that ran yes. with everything your jewelry your clothes your shoes so you yes. started to buy things that you wanted rather than needed and then became oh God, this individual yeah. person now that has happened we have been brought up in the age of, of the individual yeah well I was just gonna say oh that sounds great but I also miss a sense of community yes so what's happened throughout that period of time of course is that we yeah. all become quite lonely Yes. So it's all, it's all right being an individual, but you're not part of something. Oh, God, and social media has made that worse. Mm. So there's this really brilliant bit in the documentary where they create this questionnaire. That, when I say they, I'm talking about the psychoanalysis community of America and a, a couple of bunch of people who worked in nuclear science that created the idea of game theory. And you can watch the documentary and find out about all about that. But they decided to just ask hundreds of thousands of American people a series of questions to find out something about them. Now, you've got to remember that psychotherapists only deal with people who've got mental disorders generally. Mm. They don't deal with mm. people who don't. So they just asked mm. a random selection of thousands of Americans. And it turned out that like 60% of Americans were suffering with a mental disorder. Now, they didn't know that before. They thought it was a small hand people of but suffering. Can I, can I quickly say one other thing? That yes. um, in the 20s, the mental mm. disorder handbook was a centimetre thick. Mm. But as the rise of the psychotherapists, you know, they became more and more psychotherapists and psychotherapists became a big job. They would come up with more and more and more mental illnesses that yes. they deemed a mental illness. And now yeah. when you look up the mental illness book, of psychotherapy in America, it is, you know, 20 centimeters thick. I mean, it's an, um, there's a, there's a name for everything. Yes. So they realized that um, all, all of a sudden there was all these people with these mental disorders, which was sad, sadness and low mood and mild depression and things like that. And thought, oh God, this, this is awful. We hadn't realized this. So then obviously the pharmaceutical companies start to make a lot of drugs to treat these people. And they make things like Prozac and stuff like that. There's some fascinating footage of people taking Prozac for the first time and telling you what it's like. And wow, is it inspiring? Does it make you want to take Prozac? Really? Does it? But it doesn't make wow, you feel like that straight away, though. It's a, it's a, it's I mean, a it collects, it builds this, up in your system. It's not an immediate yeah, buzz. This, this is footage from the 70s. So, um, you know, it's interesting. So there's one guy who takes his glasses off and he said, my whole life has, my life has been this blurry, weird, slightly odd, depressive mess. And I took Prozac and then he puts his glasses on. And I was like, wow, this is what the world actually looks like. 
He said, wow. I just couldn't believe it. It changed my life. And you're going, wow, what does it look like? You know, like yeah, sorry. but the, it looks like what you see. <laughs> yes, exactly. But, but Every day. So, so what they realized, what they'd done, arguably, is, is they'd taken these questionnaires. So let's say the questionnaire is 50 questions long. And they do it, they give it to half a million people. And then they put all that information through a, uh, through a computer. And the computer does the numbers, does the maths, and spits out all the data. And the data is these people are ill with mental disorders, and these people are okay, and these people are mildly ill, you know. And what that means is that we're all started to be governed by a series of mathematical equations. There's nothing real about it, really. And as the documentaries go on, the psychoanalysts say that they've actually made a mistake and they've medicalized normal human life. And actually, people who are suffering with normal feelings of sadness or loss or grief or whatever have now been medicalized and been given drugs to treat it. Um, and they don't need it. It's just life. Well, there is well, a symptom I'm... of it. And, and the idea is that the symptom is part of individualism, that actually we've become so lonely um, that we internalize so much because we're not part of this big collective group anymore. Now, I had a, I had a point. <laughs> to all of You've it. forgotten. First thing is, yeah, first thing is, is the trap, um, is that you must watch it. It's really good. So it's a three-part. It was made in 2007. Exec produced by Stephen Lambert, I noticed in the credits last night. Oh, really? Yes. I was just having a little look. So oh, Stephen wow. Lambert we know him. He owns a production company called Studio Lambert, and they make a lot of big entertainment shows. Like Gogglebox. Yes, Gogglebox and things like that. Yeah. So, so f fascinating to exec produce these documentaries because they're so detailed and highly yeah. skillfully yeah. made. But um, he's obviously a brilliant programme maker, Stephen Lambert. So, I mean, I would um, say if you're not mentioning Tim Minchin, you're mentioning yes. Adam Curtis. Yes, I know, I know. I will stop now. But I, I, the no, point I like it. I like it. You're teaching. Do you know what I okay. love about it? Because when you talk mm -hmm. about these things, even if people don't ever watch the Adam Curtis um, documentary, yes. which I would strongly advise that they do, because mm. um, I've watched a few, like not as many as you, but I've watched uh, maybe three, mm. and they are they are amazing. Mm. They are game. They are life changing. So they are really worth watching. But even just listening to you talk about it, we learn something. Oh, well, so I like that. So that's so good. Just to finish off, it, it follows through yes. Thatcher's reign and then it goes into John Major and then it goes into Tony Blair. And I would have thought when this documentary was made, Tony Blair's still prime minister, but they talk about how John Major really went for this um, uh, target-based facts uh, and figures. So all the MPs would have been targeted, all the civil servants were targeted, hospitals were what targeted. What do you mean targeted? Targeted so for what? You, for, to, to work. So the idea of capitalism is that there's a mini competition going on between everybody, but somehow that produces good results because the good rises to the top and the people who aren't that good disappear and then better people come in, right? So that, that's the idea that competition breeds good. So everybody was set a target to meet. And if you didn't meet that target, then you either didn't get paid or you weren't rewarded or you lost your job. Now that went through everything. And it's amazing how, when you watch some of the footage and, and how the hospitals tried to hit these targets and then some of the laws they broke to hit the targets. So for instance, if oh a hospital bed, hospital bed was on wheels, it wasn't considered a hospital bed. So they took the wheels off the bed and then they could say, well, this patient was given a bed in a hospital, but actually it was just on a, a, a hospital bed that didn't have trolley. wheels anymore, on a trolley in a corridor. And then they started in to redefine, they redefined the corridors as wards. So they could leave people in, in corridors, but say, oh, well, this person was now in a ward. 
it's how the whole system got corrupted really i mean it, it is based, totally corrupted really yes. it's the whole so goals it, thing and it was based on targets that no one could really meet but they had to otherwise yeah, they targets. didn't get paid uh, mm. but the worst place it happened was schools because schools were given a target to read to get a certain amount of kids to pass a certain amount of exams so kids were only right. taught how to pass exams but not taught necessarily how to learn and that's still in place now i think it is and that was the point i was making there is that people have shoved into university to fulfill targets but, in my opinion but all our yes all our kids are being taught is how to pass an exam it's yes. we would i really felt like covid might completely revolutionize the education system can I can I really lighten up the tone of this podcast? You can. What I just want to say is called the trap. It's on the iPlayer and it's for three parts of one hour each, and it's really good. God, it's the second time I've watched it, but so... I love it. It's a know, huge sorry. commitment. Yeah. There's such a huge commitment. Mm-hmm. No, no, but it's only an never, hour. It's each. never. I tell you the other yeah, thing. Yeah, but that's you three can... each hours. Yeah, three hours. You they're can listen quite to me- them. They're and, hard to. You can listen to them, and not watch them. You could listen to them as podcasts mm. if you wanted to. Anyway. Mm enough about me on the telly <laughs> i mean that was half an hour let, let's let, sorry. let's just leave it there yeah, that was yeah, amazing okay. yeah, no sorry, because sorry. you know what was lovely lovely like i said we learned something mm. or i learned something anyway i don't know how oh, good. If, if, if you um, can put that bit on plus times 1.5 if anybody wants to speed my, yeah. my bit up <laughs> it gets a bit boring <laughs> Can I just say, you look very well. You have got a suntan to die for. I I have got really brown. Wow! In this la- in two days. Yeah. Well, you so I'm happy. I'm I'm just to explain to everybody, I am um, at a friend's fiftieth. So her birthday was in April, but obviously we waited until mm-hmm. we could go somewhere together. There's six of us, and uh, we're all staying in a hotel, and. I was kind of thinking, oh, I'm away. What am I going to talk about? Mm-hmm. And we got this goodie bag. <laughs> yes. And I am I was like, I'm going to talk about everything in the goodie bag. Yeah. I, and I feel a bit guilty because you don't normally get a goodie bag on someone else's birthday. Normally you're the one giving the yeah. goodie bag. I mean, isn't that a thing of like when you're a kid, everybody mm. at the party gets a goodie bag. But when you're an adult, it's the person whose birthday it is that gets the gifts. And yeah. we arrived and there was like a, a basket full of gorgeous things. First thing is I want to talk about a website that I have discovered because inside our basket mm-hmm. was this amazing smiley face stuff. Now, I've often talked about smiley faces because I am a child of the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. And in the late 80s, obviously, there was rave culture. Yeah, exactly. Smiley faces everywhere. Dungarees. And smiley faces have stuck with me and they really make me smile. So I just love them. Anyway, this girl that I've met called Keely, Kiki, Keely, Kiki, whatever you want to call her. She's great. But she, she just makes loads of smiley face stuff and clothes. And she's extremely creative. So her story is she's a hairstylist. Hey. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't believe you're mooching around with another hairstylist. She, she had... Um, um, we've been bonding because I was saying, does everybody ask you for a haircut? I mean, everybody asks you to cut their hair. Yes. Oh, hi. Oh, you're a, you're a hairstylist. Oh, 
what should I do with my hair? Should I cut bring it? Your blah, blah, blah. Did you? Bring your scissors. Did you yeah. bring your scissors? Yeah. Okay. So we were laughing about that. She was like, yes, oh my God, that happens to me all the time. She has got um, a daughter. When she had her daughter, she let go of her salon. She had a salon in um, Knightsbridge, which she lived above, which she loved. But mm-hmm. she let go of that. And she thought, right, what can I do from home? How can I be? Yeah. So this is a woman on World Book Day, which has just happened. And do you remember what a stress World Book Day was? Yes, I do. What was I going to wear? Oh, God, it's a bloody nightmare. She, you know, is the kind of person that will spend five days creating, Mm -hmm. you know, the greatest costume ever for her child for World Book Day. But she's got a really, really nice Instagram account called Love From Willis. And um, on it, she sells all kinds of things. Now, the thing I, I found that I loved was um, it's a little beaded bracelet and it's got a smiley face on it. And <laughs> look, it's already made you laugh, right? The How good is that? On it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, Michael, yes. okay. it's not an ecstasy. Yes. But isn't it great? It looks super cool. Yeah. What are the beads? It's... Are they gold? Um, they are just, yeah, like a gold plasticky. It's a, just yeah, it's it an elasticated yeah, it um, waist. Waist. It's elasticated band. I mean, elasticated waist. Yeah. Um, basically, she's about to start up a website, but she says um, direct message her to buy stuff. Um, she sells jewellery dresses. Very feminine, very pretty looking. Um, and the other thing I wanted to show you was uh, she also uh, does these slippers. Wow. Um, and the slippers are very comfy slippers, but with two smiley faces on. Keep I mean, there. fantastic Let me gift. Let me get a picture. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Brilliant. And wait. And wait. Take one of that. Okay. Let's get the, the bracelet as well. Um, great. Got that. Yeah. Super cool. Um, I want the bracelet. So and, uh, it's really good, isn't it? I'll get you one. So love from Willis um, on Insta and DM her if you like anything. Great. Um, I'm quickly going to talk about one other thing. I mean, I've got loads to talk about, but just while I'm here. Mm -hmm. So um, another thing that was in the back, you know what I'm like about candles? Yes. I found another candle. The reason why I really love this one Uh is this one is all about sustainability. It's vegan. Lots of wax has got paraffin in it. It doesn't have any paraffin in it. Okay. Normally a candle would burn for 40 hours. This candle burns for 65 hours. Wow. Um, they're not cheap. They're 38 pounds for a candle. But I guess if you're talking about the extra 50, I know. No, no, no. I was laughing. This is the thought, ca- that is quite cheap. I mean, candles. The candle connoisseur, what 60 hours. Happened? Yes. I know. Like, the candle industry is like crazy sometimes i think oh i'll buy that candle and you go it's 58 pounds i think jesus but Mary. I, like i was like i asked about that not that expensive yeah go on i asked about that about the cost of it and she said that it is to do with the wick yeah the kind of like you can get cheaper wax with paraffin in it mm. but that is not good for you all yeah. the packaging you know i mean for me packaging is really important yeah. Packaging and sustainability. And everything about this candle is um, sustainable, good packaging. It's not going to poison you with paraffin. Yeah. It's vegan. So her website is happylife.co.uk. And um, wow. there are lots of um, different scents and everything um, that you can get. And uh, I, it's actually I'm quite am- a nice... I'm amazed she got happylife.co.uk. That's what I said. Wow. Like It's amazing. 
yes it's trying to get a domain name for anything these days it's a a yeah a happy life.co.uk amazing right well well done just for that yeah yeah um totally very good very hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good. Well, as you know, I'm up in Bonnie, Scotland. I'm visiting my... Oh, yes. Moment. Yes, who, you know, is a bit under the weather. So I thought, come and try and cheer her up with a song and a dance, you know. Um, yes. I, I mean, I'm not officially from Scotland, really, you know, like, but I spend an enormous how, amount of time here as a child. How much time? I mean, you but, were born in Leyland or born in Scotland? No, I was actually born in Birmingham. Um, oh, this is very confusing. I forgot. You don't know this about me. Um, I was actually born in Bromsgrove, but both my parents oh, are from Dundee. I do remember that. Yeah, okay. both my, par- both my Did parents. Did they meet in Dundee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got married in Dundee and lived and worked in Dundee and all that kind of stuff. And then my dad got a job in the Midlands. So we went down there and then I was born. Um, and then we moved to Lancashire, hence the accent. We moved to Lancashire when I was about two. But I would say Easter, summer, Christmas was spent in St Andrews and Dundee. So all my school holidays largely were spent up here rolling Easter eggs down the Law Hill. Oh, yes, I love that story. Walking on the old course in St Andrews, running on the beach. I can't remember the film. What's the the film, the running film, the very famous running film? Dun, Chariots dun, of dun, Fire. Dun, dun. Chariots of Fire was filmed on Southport. Oh my God, um, I'm on fire. I never remember things that you've forgotten. It's Funny, always was, the other way round. I was going through this podcast in my head earlier and all I could think of was... Dun, 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 I think yeah. oh, what's it called? It begins with a C. Uh, what a relief that you remembered. So, um, so yes, it, it's amazingly nostalgic up here. So my first recommendation uh, about Scotland is to come to Scotland. <laughs> it's Scotland itself. Um, don't be put off by the people. Um, that was a joke. You're going to have to. Yes, you. Go, I was just going to say you're going to have to clarify that, that that was yeah, a yeah. joke because you know people are funny online and they get a bit. They, are aren't they because I got told off yeah. this week because I'd made a joke about I thought it wasn't a real it was a kind of joke about people who hadn't passed their driving tests uh, <laughs> oh it was funny no it was <laughs> only one person very sensitive was. um but you know I found something else about Noel Gallagher this week it turns out he can't swim either um now I think if you're a grown capable adult who can't swim <laughs> you, you should what I'm going to recommend is you go and learn to swim it's a really fun thing to do. It's a very, very, um, very, very difficult thing to do as an adult. Is it? It hard really is. Does it get hard? Um, did you, you did you not see Frank Skinner trying to learn how to swim for comic relief? 
I did, yes. And I loved it was it. one of and the I most moving things yeah. I'd ever seen, but it's incredibly difficult to learn to swim in adult as life. A, as you an adult. Have, even I think beyond five years old, it gets harder and harder and harder to swim. Uh, it's Confidence in the water has to come from babies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought that was very funny. Um, so uh, first thing is come to Scotland. It's fantastic. Uh, the second thing is there is something you get up here, which you don't really get anywhere else. And it's called a white pudding. It's also known as a mealy pudding. And you get it in What's chip it shops made up of? here. It's, I mean, if you Google it, you get a mixture of things really. Um, yeah. Because it's also an Irish delicacy, but on the east coast of Scotland, they're generally vegetarian. They're made of mm. suet, usually some fat in there as well. Um, mm. Oatmeal, onions, and various spices, uh, pepper, mm. peppery, um, and salt, and salty things. And they become in, they come in like a sausage shaped thing, like a sausage skin, whatever that's made of. Yeah. Um, and then what they do in the chippy, obviously, is they cook them, batter, and deep fry them, and you have it with chips. <laughs> it's called deep a white fry it. Supper. You deep fry it, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. oh, it's good. But when I was a kid and I used to arrive at my grand's house in Dundee, she'd say, oh, do you want a white pudding? And I'd say yes. And hers didn't have batter on them or anything like that. They were in like a sausage skin. And what she would do is split it down the middle and open it up and then grill it for me and then put it on my plate with some And then would you eat it out of the skin or with the skin? I'm pretty sure I remember scraping it out of the skin a bit like a haggis and eating it that but I think the skin was edible I don't think the skin is like a sheep's stomach or anything weird please please can you bring one home for sure yeah so I've done some googling and, and there is one on um uh, a cardo a white pudding on a cardo but it's got pork in it and I, as far as I was aware all the white puddings I've ever eaten have always been vegetarian but some of them have some pork in um, but they don't have blood in them or anything like that you know like a black pudding's got blood in it yeah not that no. so um, I can't actually make you one. I, I could get all the ingredients and make one. Um, but I did what? find a web... Stop! Yeah, yeah, I could Me? make you one. But I found this place called the Scott Brothers. So scottbrothers.co.uk, the family butcher. They do them battered white puddings. You get two, 200 grams each. They're quite heavy. And they'll sit. They'll send them to you. God, um, 200 grams each. Uh, and then you know you can cook them however you want. I guess you could chuck them in the deep fat fryer, or you could just put them in the oven. So there's a few reviews on here that says it says perfect, brings back memories of sitting down for tea in the deep sea on the Perth Road. Now on the Perth Road, when I was a kid, there was a very fam- famous chippy in Dundee called the Deep Sea. So I've just stumbled across this now. I don't think the deep sea's there anymore, but I'm going to go tomorrow and have a look. It says 40 years ago, took a bit of trial and error. To cook just right, but I found 140 degrees C in the Philips air fryer for 15 minutes. Oh. Does the job. I know. Oh, We've got wow. Fryer. We've so got one. Good. Yeah. And somebody else says, Oh my God, haven't had a white pudding in four years. And I moved down south. I have to say, the white pudding I received from you guys today was absolutely amazing. I'm in food heaven right now. Uh, wow. Wonderful. Looking forward to talking into more. So I'm going to order a few of these from the Scots Brothers website. And one day on the podcast, we are going to eat one. They're fantastic, but they do sit quite heavy on on you, you know. And my dad always says, you know, they make me a bit windy as well. But a white pudding and chips. I'll give you a tiny portion of white pudding and yes, chips. Yes, great. I would I highly mean, I'll recommend. I'll try it for you. Yeah, yeah. I'd highly recommend yeah. this. They're better for me. They're better in batter. Um, 
a bit like a fish. <laughs> That's be always better battered as well. Um, but you can get them unbattered. But go on the Scots Brothers website and have a little look and they'll deliver them but we'll, vacuum packed and you can freeze them. We'll so, have a battered one, right? Oh, we'll definitely have a battered one. Yeah, I'm really okay, looking good. forward to uh, showing you that. So that, I've got another my, request. My Scottish recommendation. Yeah. Do do they make tablet? Yeah, so we thought they'll make tablet. The Scottish fudge. Scottish tablet, yeah. Do you want some? Yes, I, I know I'm off sugar, but I yeah, would you... fall off the wagon for tablet. Okay. How would you feel if I didn't bring you any? Because, because of I'd feel because okay because you're trying to help me. Yeah, yeah. Because we Because of the conversation that this. we had. Yeah, I know. Yes. I know. Yeah, we had a chat about this. I'm going um, to try just, and not do that. Yeah, just for full disclosure, you, you, you were eating a lot of sweets and, and, and things like that. I've and, fallen off the wagon at Easter. Yeah. Yes. And I never got back on. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to help you get back on. As a, uh, can as I just say, I haven't had any here. Well done. I'm Thank really you. proud of you. Um, because and I know you, you weren't are even trying. here, and I really haven't. So I'm at my mum's house, and I'm sat on the sofa here, and just behind me... Oh no, she's moved them. <laughs> there was two packs of Freddos. And uh, obviously my mum's been sneaking in the odd Freddo and then tucking them behind. Secretly eating the Freddo. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. so sweet. When I saw them um, earlier, I thought, oh, I'm looking forward to one of them later. My next recommendation Go for it. is a book that I gave you on your birthday. Mm -hmm. Now, I've got um, three ex-sisters-in-law in America. And... Um, I am still really, really good friends with all of them. They are, yeah. they are my ladies. Great. And one of them is a pediatrician. I don't know why mm -hmm. that's important, but she's called um, Anne. And she um, has suffered some loss yeah. um, in the past kind of uh, 18 months. And um, obviously we kind of uh, talked quite a lot about my sister and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, she recommended a book um, for me by a lady called Maggie Smith and Maggie Smith is um, a poet and she wrote a poem called Good Bones which went quite viral. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to quickly read it to you because um, it's really lovely and Great. she says um, life is short though I keep this from my children life is short and I've shortened mine in a thousand delicious ill-advised ways. A thousand deliciously ill-advised ways I'll keep them from my children. The world is at least 50% terrible, and that's a conservative estimate. Though I keep this from my children. For every bird, there's a stone thrown at a bird. For every loved child, a child broken, bagged, sunk in a lake. Life is short, and the world is at, is at least half terrible. And for every kind stranger, there is one who would break you, though I keep this from my children. I'm trying to sell them the world. Any decent realtor walking you through a real shithole chirps on about good bones. This place could be beautiful, right? You could make this place beautiful. Blimey. I love so that. Did, did she write that? She did, yeah. Maggie Smith's a poet. She wrote it okay. in 2017. Not to be confused and with this, Dame Maggie Smith, presumably. Not Dame Maggie right. Smith. Yeah. I can read you a bit about Maggie Smith, actually. Let me just. Yeah, yeah, please do. Um, because she is an American poet, freelance writer. She lives in Ohio. And 
Um, actually, this uh, Good Bones poem was actually published in 2016. And it was really massively circulated on um, social media. You can imagine why, right? Because it's, yeah. it's it's quite punchy and coastable. it moves you. Yeah. yeah, moves you. Keeping the realities of life's ugliness from young innocence. Um, and it was called, PRI called it the official poem of 2016. Anyway, she is a wonderful wordsmith and she's written this book called Keep Moving. And it's notes on loss, creativity and change. And it's one of these books. Well, firstly, if anybody, um, we've recommended this book, Untamed by Glennon Doyle on this podcast mm. before, but she has written a little recommendation. So anything um, that Glennon Doyle thinks is good, I think is good. Um, Glennon Doyle said, keep moving, speaks to you like an encouraging friend, reminding you that you can feel and survive deep loss sink into life's deep beauty and constantly, constantly make yourself new. I'm gonna read you two things from the book. Mm -hmm. um, it says, consider all you've outlived, including the life you thought you would have. You're durable, accessible, adaptable, resilient. Just being here is a triumph. Hour by hour, prove the voice inside wrong. The ones that say you can't do it, do it, keep moving. Every piece of writing in here, it just says keep moving at the end of it. So Very good. Um, this says uh, you need today because there's more, because yesterday was not enough. Believe there is more to see and feel and do and try your best to see it, feel it, do it, keep moving. So it's one of those Very ones good. you want to have by your bed and read a yes. couple before you go to sleep. Or, well, but I, I love this idea about keep moving. If you're stuck, if mm. you're sad, if you're depressed, if you're grieving and you just think, oh, I I can't carry on. Just keep moving. Yeah. Keep going forwards. Don't mm -hmm. look back. Well, it's uh, physical and metaphorical, I would have thought. On, mm. it's on, it works on every level, really, doesn't it? Just to keep, mm. keep chipping away. You bought me that book for my birthday. So um, mm. thank you. Uh, I haven't got around to reading it yet. Um, mm. But on the subject of books, I was at an airport the other day. And of course, when oh, you're yeah. at an airport, you buy two things at an airport. You buy a travel mm -hmm. plug and you buy a book. Always. Uh, so I went uh, and had a peruse through the, uh, it was only WH Smith, so I flew from London City Airport, which I've only ever done about once or twice before. It's such a cool airport though, right? It's right in the middle it's of the It's such Thames. a cool airport. I feel like I've really turned you on to something now. I'm really proud. Yeah, well, I was normally going to go from Luton to Edinburgh, but I made it, uh, you know, I looked, I priced up hiring a car instead of just using my mum's. And in the end, flying from London City Airport direct to Dundee was the best thing to do. And there was two reasons for that. One, don't need to hire a car, can steal my mum's. My mum's only 10 minutes from Dundee Airport. But the other thing was, which was brilliant, was as the plane comes into land, it flies over St Andrews. So you see the whole beach. And it flies directly over the old course, which is the world's most famous golf course. So you can see all of that. Uh, and you can see all the hotel and the sea and everything. And then it flies over the River Tay and then it banks round and it flies down the Tay running parallel with wow. the city of Dundee. And oh, my you see God, this sounds amazing. Yes, I've, video, I've done a little video of it, so uh, I'll show it. But it was just like, God, this is brilliant. It was like a helicopter trip over my favourite bits of Scotland, you know. So um, I'll be coming up here a bit more often, uh, you know, from London City Airport. But it was amazing at the airport. There was me and four yeah. armed police officers drinking coffee. That was it. Um, and I thought, wow, you know, one of these guys could take me out. 
in a heartbeat if I said the wrong thing. <laughs> so I was very polite. Like about um, Noel Gallagher. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So can any of you all swim? Be careful. You all got a driving license, yeah. I know you're carrying guns and everything, but if you can't drive, um, so I bought a book, which is this one, which is the Richard Osmond book. Oh, Osmond, it's been Osmond. It's been on bestseller lists everywhere. Right. So I thought, how mm. good can it be? So I mm. thought, well, I'll buy it and I'll fly through the first couple of chapters and see what it's like. It's called The Thursday Murder Club. But I mean, wow, it's just covered in various reviews from every author Everyone. and celebrity mm. you could think of. An exciting new talent in crime fiction. One of the most enjoyable books of the year. Mystery fans are going to be enthralled. A charming, clever debut. Um, so I'm only four chapters in, but I have to say I'm instantly hooked. It's brilliant and very and what is well it? written. So it's a bunch of pensioners that um, I think are in a kind of old people's home or a kind of care home or in a kind of care system. And they're all ex something or other. So what, what, someone's an yes. ex nurse, someone's an ex police officer and one thing or another. And what they do is get together every Thursday and try and solve crimes from the past that were never solved. So murders, obviously. Cold cases. Exactly, cold cases. And mm. I think what happens at some point, so I'll read you the word, in a peaceful retirement village, four unlikely friends meet up once a week to investigate unsolved mur murders. But when a brutal killing takes place on their very doorstep, the Thursday Murder Club find themselves in the middle of the first live case. Elizabeth, Joyce, Ibrahim and Ron might be pushing 80, but they still have a few tricks up their sleeves. So I was thinking, oh, well, it'd just be an easy read. But I'm really, like, really enjoying it. And what's interesting about the writing is some chapters are, are written as an observer, and then other chapters are written as um, Joyce, who seems to right, be... Right, I love that, when you, take, in when you get a different perspective. Yes. And yes. what's interesting about when Joyce is writing is she's never really written before. So she's saying, I'll get the hang of this writing thing in a bit. You know, don't worry, bear with me. You know, so she's like... So she, it's, like, it's, she, it's like you've broken the fourth wall of writing. Exactly. So you're in this with Joyce and then you leave Joyce and Joyce is a person in the story and it's been observed from above. Oh, so, God, that's quite clever. Yeah. He's very clever, though, Richard. Osmond. Yes. And I'm sure there's many. I, I had breakfast like with him once. Mm. We were both filming at Elstree, was it? Yeah. And he was. God, what were we filming? We were at the Laura Ashley Hotel. Oh, right. In Hertfordshire. Oh, yes, I do remember. We were Oh, filming. this time next year. Time next year. This time next year. And Richard Osman was staying there because he was filming something. And, he was filming um, Pointless. Now, very clever man. I have been on Pointless. I was a Pointless. Yeah, with Nicky Clark. Nicky Clark, who totally screwed my game up, by the way. I mean, I should have been Did on there with Charles, Charles Worthington or someone. Much and smarter. So, yeah, but I, I really like Richard Osman. Osman. I always want to call him Osmond. Um, so yes, very, very nice fella, super bright, very clever, brilliant uh, writer. And um, I would highly recommend this book. On the subject of books, I have contributed. Um, no, hang on a minute. Are you going to do something else now? I was going to do a very quick thing. Yeah, no? go. Am I not allowed? <laughs> yeah, go on, I'm joking. I, I was, it was a link. It was like a perfect link. It was a perfect segue. I was already I've, on I've screwed it up because I interrupted you. You never do, do the link again. Start that. start the start okay. the link again. Do the okay. Go go. On the subject of books, I've contributed oh. to a digital book for charity. It's a cookbook. oh, I've seen it. Yeah. Can so I just this, say? Yeah. 
They've got to go onto your go go onto your Insta page because picture three of your four pictures is the cutest thing I've ever seen. Is it? Oh, I yes. Can't, I can't remember what it is. Um, but uh, so I, I was asked by the Hair and Beauty Charity um, to uh, do a recipe for their cookbook. So they sell the cookbook and the money goes into the charity. And the charity is to help hairdressers who can no longer be hairdressers. So it might be somebody who's had an accident and crush their hands or somebody who can't work because of various other illnesses but they've got a family to support so the hairdressing charity works all year every year compiling some money together and then people can apply for the money if they can no longer work in the sector so i thought well this is good you know it's something we contribute to my own industry so the hair and beauty charity.org is the website and you can go and download the book it's got 50 recipes in there and one of them is my famous infamous salmon ramen which you seem to like I thought you called it salmon miso. I do always call it salmon miso, but I think it's probably misleading because I think once it's a noodley soup, I think it becomes a ramen. Well, I'll always know it as your salmon miso because that's what we call it at home. Good. Um, and I have to tell the listeners mm. that it mm. is quite possibly one of the most delicious healthy meals. Sometimes healthy meals can feel a bit too healthy. Mm. This this meal is healthy and absolutely amazing i mean there were no there were not enough superlatives for <laughs> when i ate that meal it's yeah, good. really good yeah you know nice good system. amazing delicious fantastic superb i i ran out of words but and my mum loved it as well so and it's, talking it's... of my mum oh no okay Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a nice segue, though. Um, so anyway, if you go to the website, you can buy it. It's nine ninety nine, and all the money goes to charity. Or you can donate a bit more money as well. Uh, you what get was the, the website again? There. It's hairandbeautycharity.org. And there's 50 recipes, all from people from in the hair and beauty business. So Caroline Barnes has got, has got one in there for it. Oh, nice. Errol Douglas and all sorts of other hair. hair and oh, great. Hair people, Nicola Joss and people like that. So anyway, it was good. And I thought I should give it a mention because money goes cherry. Well done. And there's full of recipes. And talking of my mum. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm just going to do one last thing about yeah. my mum. Um, I've got one last thing to talk about and then I'm done. Okay. And that is, I was with my mum mm-hmm. and my mum and I don't really like fit flops I know you don't like feet in general and flip flops are a no-no but Mm -hmm. a lot of people and it has been very hot do like a flip flop and flip flops are not brilliant for your feet if you are going to walk around in them all day I mean fine if you're going to go down to the beach and just use them to kind of you know on holiday to go but if you're going to walk around town on concrete roads or concrete pavements they are really going to start hurting your feet and not be mm-hmm. good for your legs they don't give you enough support and people were wearing fit flops because they gave foot arch support and kind of a, a minute amount of exercise to the calf muscle but they they look a bit funny fit flops yes they do talk, yeah. um so anyway there is a type of fit flop flip there's a type of flip flop that's called Archie's Footwear. And it's mm-hmm. Archie's Footwear on Instagram. And basically it has arch support, but like proper arch support. So they look like a completely normal pair of flip-flops, um, but they have a very nice kind of hook in the arch. They also have, you know how normally the front thong is detachable. So it sort of goes through the sole of the shoe. Yes, I do, this yeah. doesn't. It is attached to the sole, so you'll never okay. lose 
It will never okay. come undone. And um, the strap is quite tight. So it doesn't, you don't have to kind of grab the, I know this all sounds silly to somebody that never wears them, but you don't have to grab the flip-flop mm-hmm. with your toes. And it's got kind of specialized foam material. Mm-hmm. So it molds to your feet. Now, Gabba, my mum, has got the prettiest feet I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay. So actually having her feet on display mm-hmm. is fine. Okay. It's fine. We it's, can, we can it's, um, it's permitted. In fact, it should be encouraged because they are so pretty. Um, the only other person who has feet as pretty as my mum uh, is Holly. Holly's yes. got the prettiest feet I've ever seen in my entire very, life. But anyway. Very dainty. Very dainty. So Archie's footwear, it will support your feet. It will be good for your um, legs Mm -hmm. and everything. Less painful if you're walking around London and uh, very practical. And thank you, Mummy, for that. Yes, very good. She's, she always delivers us some good bits and pieces. Oh, my God, she's, she's, yeah, she's always researching. She's amazing. A um, few shout-outs then. I did have one more thing to talk about. We're going to bank it, save it for next week. Bank it, bank it. You're going to like it. Alison Treadwell says, Morning, you two. Just catching up on Friday's episode and wanted to give you a quick recommendation. Hearing you say that you both love a wedding. Oh, I love a wedding. Love uh, a wedding. Her- her recommendation is The Wedding Singer, which is a great film. And oh! Remember that? Yes, with Drew Barrymore. It's such a good um, movie. So thanks for that, Alison. Um, so Lindsay, what's she called? Lindsay Mac- McMahon. I always want to say McMahon, but it's not. Um, what is she saying? Yeah, because it says Mahon. McMahon yes, is spelled yeah. Mahon. Yeah. Uh, brilliant chat about Friends. I was obsessed with it growing up uh, when I was 18. And she got tickets to watch a taping of the show. The tickets <gasps> were actually free. So her and her mum went to LA to watch it. Oh, my but, God. I think in reference to what we were saying about Lisa Kudrow, she said, I think Lisa was the oldest cast member. She was 31 and she was married and all that stuff when they filmed that. But it yeah. felt like she felt like very much a motherly figure in all of that. Didn't yes. She? Um, I polished off the last 45 minutes of that documentary of the Friends thing. God, I absolutely loved it. If nobody's seen yeah. it, go watch it. It was brilliant. Um, Kirsty Denny um, says, Little Moons in Tesco. <gasps> yes, what? £4.50. Pound, four pound they, they're not there. Tesco's. We no, can't find she, them in Tesco's. She says she has a very, um, a very happy daughter. She's managed oh, to get them there. But I did have um, somebody text us to say they'd been in touch with Little Moons and that they just couldn't get enough ingredients together to make them fast enough. You we said already that. said that. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's terrible. Kirsten uh, also says, You mentioned War of the Roses this week and Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner have such great chemistry. Um, well, you can see them again in The Kaminsky Method. Season three is coming <gasps> this week to Netflix. So, the Kaminsky Method, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but I've yeah, seen season so one, good. Season Yes, two. I have, it's so good. So I think they're saying Kathleen Turner's in season three, which would be wow. fantastic to see Michael Douglas That'd and Kathleen so Turner again. That so good. Uh, Alan Arkin. So yeah, thanks, Kirsten. I, I have that in the bank, ready to watch, and I can't wait, and I'll definitely review it. Um, so Little Moons also in Asda, somebody's saying there. And the Hollywood... Uh, Little Moons, someone's saying here, this is Donna. So regarding Little Moons, the supplier is struggling with demand as they haven't banked on them being so popular. Hopefully this will get better. You can get them in Asda. You've got an Asda I, name. I need... Have I? Well, you had because Nigel came around not long ago. Now, it's Lidl. Nigel. No, it's Lidl. He's talking no, no, no. about Lidl. He got it wrong. Oh, did he? I think he did. Hang on, I'm going to look it up now. 
because I spoke to Nigel and I said, what are you doing over this way? And he says, I've come to Asda because I get my cleaning supplies at Asda. And I said, Nigel, when I look at you, all I see is Waitrose. I don't see Asda. I only see Waitrose. And he said, yeah, I get food from Waitrose, cleaning products from Asda. Oh, my God. There is yeah. one. Oh, my God. Great. Okay. There it's you go. It's a superstore. So well, you've got to get little moons there then, right? You've got it, right? Yeah, right. so that was Donna Manning. Okay. Uh, thanks uh, for that, Donna. I'll, I'll be there. One more. Thank um, you, Donna. That is a, that is really helpful input from our listeners there. Because yeah, my daughter, time. I mean, my daughter bought a load of little moons from Ocado and she was away for one night and they didn't survive. Really? You um, and Chester. That's, don't really me. Okay. It was you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was half concentrating, half reading kind of uh, li listener recommendations. Yeah, I did eat the coconut ones. Nobody liked the coconut yeah. ones, though. I asked everybody. They went, they're, they're not the Tilly best did. ones. Those were the best ones. Well, in my defence, I, I only had four. Oh, phone's ringing. Um, um, old school. My mum's got a landline. Um, okay. So um, Claire Blackburn says, French people say, Achum, by the way, for sneezing. Achum. How good is that? Yeah. Oh my god! I want more people to find out how people in the world sneeze, sneeze in different countries. French yeah. say "akchum." Akchum. Yeah, but you would know that because you're French, oh, right? I didn't know that. <gasps> okay. I didn't well, know that. There you go, Claire. Akchum. Akchum. Oh, I love that, Claire. Went, you are. I went brilliant. to school with Claire, and for some reason, in my back of my mind, at the depths of my brain, I feel like she's a French teacher. But I could be wrong. Claire, let me know who you are. Like, not who you are. I know who you are, but let me know what you do. I feel like you're a French teacher. Is Claire um, the one that sent you the Jolly Ranchers? No. That's hell. I mean, all of your friends from your childhood are just coming out to, like, support you. I love it. Yes, they are. He None of Helena's, mine are. Helen is just a girl I, I worked with in PR. <laughs> so she's not an old oh, oh, okay. childhood friend. Okay. Um, so, but she did send me the Jolly Rancher lorry, lollies. Um, I mean, like, I need, I need some girls to pull it out of the bag and come and support me. Exactly, and send, send me stuff, things. right? Yeah. Um, it's nice to see you. Uh, I'm obviously yeah. missing you because uh, I'm hundreds of miles away and uh, I'm not going to see you probably till next week. Um, no. I'm here till Sunday. Um, yeah. And I'm trying hard not to eat too much cholesterol, which mm. is difficult. Um, but we want your Scottish so recommendations, please, because I like your yeah, Scottish okay. recommendations. I, I'm going to dig out a few. I'm off to go and see my grand now. Uh, I said I'd be there for 6.30, so I'm already a bit late. My grand's 90-something or other, 93 maybe? Eight, I thought she uh, was. No, three. No. Yeah, I think she's 93, but I'll try and get a picture mm. of me and her so you can see it. So oh, yeah. She basically still looks like Pamela Anderson. It's quite amazing. Can we, can we post? <laughs> really? Yeah, she does. She's blonde and glamorous and all that stuff. Can funny. we can we post it on um can we post it on the making the cup? I we want to yeah. see her. Okay. She's featured Consider in the podcast. Right. Consider it done. You, you look great in that orange top as well. It's a great colour on Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Well, I'll let you go now. Miss you. Yeah, I miss you too. Um Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Thank you. I uh, hope you enjoy this and have a nice weekend and um, we'll see you soon see you next week Bye. when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do 
Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.